Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> it is Michael C. Bouchard back here again with the Night Stalker podcast episode 43. And this is going to be another one of the author's corner, in this case, the host's corner, talking about some new stuff that's going on. Um, I have a uh, new book coming out. It's called The uh, Police Car Caper. It goes back to back with the, uh, the covered bridge. The setting for uh, both of the books are partially in New Hampshire and uh, Maine, rural New Hampshire, Lincoln and the Galloway Plantation, Maine. The two prime characters, Chief uh, Stephen Crawford and Officer Jacob Andrews, and some of the guests are reoccurring, or characters are reoccurring. Uh, we have Charlotte Harris, <clears throat> who will be reappearing uh, in this edition. In this case, I, I can't give the whole book away. I'm still writing it. It's a couple months out. But we have both the chief and uh, Andrews struggling to find two bank robbers who are robbing banks along uh, Route 16 northbound going in, going from Gorham, uh, New Hampshire, all the way up into uh, McGalloway and Lincoln Plantation, uh, Maine, oh, as far as uh, Wilson's Mills. Uh, we have two brothers that are operating a moonshine business. And in, in all of this, the parties interconnect in certain ways. We have a dead body from a transport carrier who's found in a an open field. We have organized crime from Canada involved. And in the book, we have Officer Andrews, who is a <clears throat> retired Navajo police officer who was working in Arizona, brought up on the Navajo reservation. After his wife passed away, he is now working as a patrolman in the McGalloway, the Lincoln McGalloway Police Department, which is a fictional department. And he is still attempting not only to become accustomed to the, the deep wood, the deep north uh, environment, green trees, grass, <clears throat> unlike the deserts and the uh, the desert ranges out in uh, New Mexico, Arizona. He's attempting to familiarize and acclimate himself to that type of environment.
environment while at the same time he's attempting to <clears throat> understand the white man's culture, which is which is a little different to him. Uh, a lot of a lot of the white man's culture he doesn't understand. The chief is also his friend who attempts on several occasions to get him to walk through the plot fields looking for Indian artifacts, which Andrews will have nothing to do with because he believes that the stone artifacts made by the what he calls the ancient ones, he believes that they, the artifact itself contains the soul of whoever made it. So it kind of freaks him out a little bit. He refuses to do that. Uh, <clears throat> he just looks at the way white men handle things that are different than what he's customarily used to doing. And usually in the end, his... belief in mystical things and traditional Navajo things usually end up <clears throat> playing in his favor at the end. So what's going on besides that? Well, my LinkedIn page is over 30,000 people. Uh, LinkedIn won't let me put any more people on there in the event you're trying to hook up uh, I guess they just think 30,000 people is too much, so um, <clears throat> I only can allow people in when certain people, you know, if people leave. Um, you know, I'm going to continue the, the Night Stalker podcast in the, uh, the same type of uh, projection that it was meant to have is, you know, dealing with cold cases, unexplained, unsolved homicide disappearances, and just strange things. And occasionally you'll see I go on rants. Um, the worst thing is to have a guy go shopping anywhere for two reasons. One, we we don't look at prices like, like females do. And we're not as logistical, I don't think. And when, when we're dealing with business where somebody's screwing us over, we're, you know, it's like a bunch of three-year-olds and, a, you know, we're, we're just always um, got distracted there for a second. I had somebody pull up and ask me a question. Um, yeah, so women are much better at shopping and resolving issues and then you know we like to yell screams jump up and down um, <laughs> I find it very stress relieving I don't, I don't know maybe a little crazy but uh, you know sometimes people need to be told how full of shit they are <laughs> eh, maybe I think think about things a little different and it's also good to know that 68% of my my listening audience, 68% are females. 
what the hell's wrong with that? Absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's kind of a good thing. Um, the demographics are a little little different, you know. Uh, they're the biggest demographics are 18 to 22. Then we have a mid-range between 20 and 30, and then we have an older uh, range between uh, 50 and 60. <clears throat> and it's kind of interesting because it's not a steady flow. These are always consistent spikes in the, the same uh, category. So I think the young people just like to listen to the old guy tell it how it is and actually make sense about it. I think the older the older people like to see that I think just like they do, they just in a lot of cases don't want to say it. I happen to say it. And I think the older the, old, the older um, probably says, you know what? <clears throat> he's almost the same age as us. He's got a lot, a lot of life experience and he's ripping everybody up because of that and you know, that's possibly how it really is. I mean, you know, as we get older, we become accustomed to certain things. Like, I mean, I base a lot of things on life experience, you know. Uh, and I, 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 when I see something that going happen before something actually happens, <clears throat> I kind of reasonably have a good idea what's going to happen because it's life experience. You know, I, <clears throat> that's just how it is. So, we're moving, you know, the, the show, you know, the Night Stalker, like I said, the Night Stalker, <clears throat> for anybody that's new, that's listening, has nothing to do with the Romero's case. Um, I wouldn't give that, that guy credit for anything, you know, he was just another one of these people that, you know, killed innocent people for, you know, his own personal thrill, which is demented in my mind, and there's no excuse for it, and that's just how it is. I mean, um, you're going to find one thing I don't do, uh, a lot of these well-known suspects, killers, murderers, whatever one wants to call them. I'll mention them, but I will not focus on them for the simple fact is they don't deserve it. It's just as, it's as simple as that, you know. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a science guy and a fact guy. You know, I I believe in things that can be supported by physical evidence or some type of evidence. I'm a uh, statistics guy. I believe in numbers, which people hate numbers for the simple fact is that numbers represent what's really going on. And people nowadays just don't want to know what the hell's going on because it <clears throat> it may make their point of view less, uh, more misleading, let's say, okay? Uh, <clears throat> I try not to get involved in politics. Uh, I can't stand politics. 
Uh, for the simple reason is I, I don't trust politicians, I, uh, especially nowadays. I mean, if you look at the last campaign, uh, really, if you think about it, anybody, there was no, there, there was no, um, you know, uh, candidate that was even worth being elected, quite honestly. Let me think about it. You know, the one thing, good thing Trump had was he kept, he had all of the other countries on their toes. Okay, and you need to do that. I mean, you, you see what happened when Biden came in. You know, now we're vulnerable to everybody. It's just how it is. Trump, on the other hand, you know, I was disappointed because as a businessman, I figured he would have a an ability to <clears throat> speak. He had, he had no, he had no, uh, he couldn't articulate himself. He, he just was not a good public speaker. Uh, the little baby fits were just beyond, you know, We can understand the point, the points, just, you you know, and I'm not one for being politically correct. Obviously, if you listen to some of my podcasts, you freaking know that. But there's a way to bring things across. You can direct your point, but you don't have to, you know, um, degrade people. You don't have to degrade religions. You don't have to degrade um, ethnic backgrounds. You don't have to do that, okay? There's ways to make your point without having to throw people under the bus. Um, I didn't like the continuous firing of everybody. He fired everybody. I'm not saying that certain people shouldn't have been fired, but it just represented in my mind that, uh, you know, oh, you're not doing what I want, so you're out of here. And the problem I find with that is that occurs in municipalities, counties, government, state governments, well, if you don't play the way I want to play. You know, it's like a bunch of kids in an effing sandbox. You know, and what really, I think what really eggs me on about that is that regardless of how efficient a person is at doing their job, if, regardless if you like them or not, if a person is good at what they do, you don't move them. It's as simple as that. That's good business. That's smart business. Um... Then we go to the Biden side of the world. I mean, Barnum and Bailey Circus. I mean, I'm just waiting for the freaking, well, no, I was going to say the clown, but Pelosi, if I put a red nose on her, that would probably be her. Um, like, I'm just waiting for, like, uh, you know, I don't know, an elephant to walk out of the tent or something. You know, I mean, you got one guy that's so senile, he can't find his ass with two hands and a roadmap. You have a vice president that disappeared. Um, 
she's got a, she, now she's, now, now this is what really gets me. You know, and, I, and as I told you people, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but sometimes, you know, things don't look good. You know, do I believe that the, vote, the votes were altered? I do. I, I have to. The simple fact is almost everyone I've talked to, nobody voted for Biden, but he won by all of these, all of these numbers. I don't know, and you know, it's not like I, it's not like I sat around talking to all um, middle class white people. You know, I I talk to everybody. I talk to people on the higher end of the pay scale, the lower end of the pay scale, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Native American, and nobody voted for him. So how do you get so many numbers? You know. Like I said, I'm a guy, I'm a, you know, I base things on statistical numbers. Numbers don't sound right. That's all I'm saying. But let's look. I mean, you had, you had Biden come in, cause a massive cluster with, with Afghanistan. Now you have a terrorist group running the country. Uh, you have ISIS who will reemerge again. You know, he's opened Pandora's box. And the problem is he's so misplaced he doesn't even realize it. Misplaced, misinformed, whatever it is. You have, you know, so I mean, on a, on, a, on a good end of the scale, the Afghanistans don't like Russia. They don't like China. So I think what's going to happen is, yeah, America, we're going we're gonna to deal with some crap from them. But I think the, the people that are looking at us now is, is uh, weak, vulnerable. Um uh, and that's going to be Russia and China, for the most part. Uh, probably even North Korea right now. Uh, <clears throat> these people are going to put up a resistance to them. Because, let, let's face it, if they do too much damage to the U.S., you know, Afghanistan is going to lose something in the deal. Okay? So then we have Pelosi. What the hell's up with her? I mean, did she have a stroke or did she just drink too much? I, I, I just can't figure it out. I mean, in these theories and concepts she comes up with, it's like, I don't think I could come up with those, those theories or concepts if I was drinking all night. Hopefully I'd pass out first. And then we got our uh, vice president, whatever the hell her name is. She was supposed to be this big ambassador to the, the border. Shows up there once, says, I'm getting the hell out of here. You never see her again. What's that tell you? So her, her approval rating is 27%. His is, last I know, it was 30, 38, maybe it's 36 now. So you're telling me with this rating 
after, I mean, and look at the economy. The economy's going out of control. You know, lumber's, lumber, you can't even think about building anything nowadays because of the price. Uh, gasoline spiking. Um, I mean, and that's another good thing, too, that <clears throat> another good point that none of these presidents have ever wanted to address was, was the gas prices. We have our own reserves of American soil and American waters. Why are we letting foreign countries like BP and all the rest of them you know what those things would be to me, quite honestly, if I was a president? Those would be submarine targets. Okay? I would put our own platform. I would take their platforms over or use them for target practice, whatever comes first. Put our own, <clears throat> build our own refineries on the U.S. side. Harvest our own oil from our side refine it on our side, and it would cost a half of what gas costs. How, how simple is that? You know why we don't do that? Is because some politician here in the United States is making money from the other side harvesting our oil, sending it overseas, Refining it overseas, then sending it back. You, and then you want to know why gas costs so much and oil costs so much to heat your house? That's why. You know? And why do we rely on <clears throat> everybody overseas producing things? In the 1940s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, <clears throat> America produced most of its own products. We never had to worry about shortages. We never had to worry about this. We never had to worry about that. Now that we're relying on other countries, what don't we have a shortage of? We have a shortage in everything. And these are all because of your politicians, people. You know, you have to realize that, especially you younger, you younger people. You know, <clears throat> and I'm not chastising or pointing anything out, but the culture and denial, denial, denial culture and the cancel culture, what you have to understand <clears throat> is that is a beginning to, to the end, okay? One, you cannot deny responsibility. When somebody's involved, regardless of who they are, what color they are, what religion they are, what sex they are, when they are involved in something, <clears throat> they have to be responsible for what they do. Okay? It's as simple as that. You know, just like parents in school when their kids do something bad. Oh, he was a good kid. He's such a nice... No, he's not. Stop lying. You know? And then, you know, when he's home, don't allow him to do what he wants. I mean, my kids, my kids call me... The, the drill sergeant, and rightfully so, because, you know, <clears throat> I'm not going to let you do what you want, because it's easy for me just to say, I do whatever you want, as a parent, no, if it's wrong, it's wrong, and you're not doing it, 
And if you want to do it, you're not doing it under my roof. Period. I mean, I don't, my kid, my kids always take responsibility for anything, any trouble they get into, they are required to take responsibility for their actions. And both of them will tell you, there's been days that they've gotten involved in stuff and I put both of them, one, one on one occasion, one on the other occasion, put them in my car, drove them right down to the police department. Because it doesn't go in my house. You're not going to be a thug in my house. You're not going to be a thug out in the street. And that's how it goes. Why? Because it's my house. It's my rules. <clears throat> I'm not one of those parents that just let you do what the hell you want. and it, it don't work that way. And friends, you have friends come into my house. One, I want their first name, their last name, and where they live. Their street address. And if I don't get, <clears throat> if you miss one out of those three, they don't come to my house. Simple. Simple as that. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to play. Oh, I listen, <clears throat> you are a parent. You're not their damn friends. Okay. You are a parent. You're an adult. You're supposed to be teaching them right from wrong. You are not their friends. <clears throat> like I tell my son, you, my sons, you, you and I, none of us can be friends here. <clears throat> For a simple reason is I'm older. We don't listen to the same music. We don't have the same friends. We don't have the same things that that were going on in my life that are going on now. You know, things have changed. So we cannot identify as people to each other. You know, it's as simple as that. I can't be your best friend. I can be your father, but I can't be your best friend because... We don't hang around with the same people. We don't listen to the same music. We don't, we, we have no commonality in that respect. Yes, there's things we do, we like to do together, but at the same time, we don't have that commonality bond like friends do. And I hate when people go, oh, I want them to be my best friend. Oh, I'm the, my kid's best. No, you're not. And if you are, you're doing something wrong. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be your kid's best friend. Your kid's got best friends. Your kids need parents. Your kids need parents. Okay, that's how it is. You know, it's a lot of people don't like that type of outlook. But you know what? You know, it's funny because the town that <clears throat> I came from when I was young—it's an upper state, Maine. And anybody that's lived in any of the upper parts of uh, New England know that life up there isn't easy. You know, life is always tough up there. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not sitting on your ass watching the Internet all day and watching TV. And, I mean, if you're lucky, you got Internet coverage out there. In some areas, you don't. But it's a rougher life, but <clears throat> the kids are brought up different. They know what work, physical work is. You know, they know that to, if they want to get out of there, they need an education. They need a trade. <clears throat> and at the same time, every house up there has one to ten guns in it. 
I'm 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 not going to tell you how old I am because I'll discourage half of my female crowd. But <laughs> let me tell you what we never have a homi- we never had a homicide in that town. So what's that tell you? You got all these guns, all this ammunition, all this stuff. We never never had a homicide. Yeah, you got accidental shootings during hunting season, but that's something totally different. And one way, well, why is that? Well, you know, it's the way you bring your kids up. It's how you teach them. You see, it's easy to blame guns for shootings. It's easy to blame cars for drunk driving. But why don't we ever look at the people that are the ones that cause it? Why don't, we call, why don't we do that? You know why? Because it'll hurt somebody's feelings. Well, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I don't really give too much shit about anybody's feelings when it comes to be, you know, addressing an issue the right way. I mean, you know, hell, up there, you know, uh, uh, an adult sees a young kid doing something, don't matter if they're their kid or not. They'll put them in their place, and that's what they should do. That's what adults are supposed to do. You know, you can't have these freaking parents going, that's my kid, this and it. Listen, if you treated your kid, taught your kids the right way, they wouldn't be involved in this shit. So instead of screaming at the person trying to correct your kid, why don't you scream at yourself or take a look at yourself in the damn mirror? Because you're the reason why your kids are like they are. You know? Simple. It's not, it's not a hard formula to figure out. You know, a lot of people don't like me saying crap like that, but the truth is the truth. Yeah, you, you do have a kid once in a while that <clears throat> the parents, you know, bring off the right way, this and that, and they, you know, fall off the track. Well, that's part of the variables of life. And remember, the only consistent thing in life is variables. But, you know, we we need to get a, a real grip on stuff, you know, and... Uh, but like I said, I mean, I... Some of the subjects we talked about now is, is not something that I, you know, like talking about because I just said, you know, I have a very straightforward look at things. I don't bend facts. I don't, uh, I don't interpret media mistrust for truth. I know perception isn't reality, although it is to most people. <clears throat> and nowadays, you know, let's face it, you have a lot of uh, misrepresentation by the media. You know, they will continuously go on record stating that, oh, no, they, bullshit, bullshit. You know, I was listening to one radio station yesterday telling us how that they, uh, before everything goes out, they make sure that it's not bias in any way, this, that, and the other thing. You know what? That's so full of crap. That, that, because I've listened to the radio show, every time Trump was brought up, he was a bad guy. It didn't matter. Biden was, you know, <clears throat> bankrupting the, con- the country and inflation's going up and he's using money that we're all going to have to spe- pay back and we will have to pay back one of these days. Um, but he was the bad guy. You know? It, it's it's crazy. 
know, you, you said it, it's, I, I had something else on my mind that I'm sure it'll come to me in a, in a couple of minutes, but you see, this is how <clears throat> misleading, misleading, um, radio is, how biased it is, it, it, <clears throat> it very subtly pushes a political party's point. Um, gun control. Gun control, let me tell you what. You know what gun control is worth? Nothing. There's too many guns out there. The only people that register guns and have handgun permits and shit like that are legally people that do things by the law. The other half don't. So what do they give a shit about your gun laws and your regulations? Because they're not going to follow them anyway. You know? But every time something happens, it's always always guns are brought in. It's always about the gun. <clears throat> well, a gun is a tool. It's like a hammer. So if you, you have a house built and you look at the house and the effing thing sideways... You're going to blame the hammer or the carpenter? You're going to blame the carpenter, right? It's not the hammer's fault, just like in gun cases. It's not a gun's fault. It's the, the individual that committed a crime with a gun. You know why we don't look at, why we don't address that? It's because we're afraid it'll, it'll offend somebody from either a <clears throat> gender point of view, an age point of view, a minority point of view, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Who cares about people's feelings? The truth is the truth, right? We have a lot of things that go on that are, are so misrepresented by the media that it's it's ridiculous. Even these algorithms on the computers. <clears throat> algorithms are designed not to bring a viewer to exactly what they want to see, but it brings the viewer into a specific field where the people that own, that are doing the algorithms want you to be. Not where you want to be, where they want you to be, okay? Uh, very misleading. You know, the uh, law enforcement shooting of suspects. It's always turned into a racial issue. Why? You know why? Because it draws attention. <clears throat> I mean, it does. You know? But if you look at the real statistics, the numbers, <clears throat> white police officers shoot more white people percentage-wise a year than they do minorities. But you're not told that because the media doesn't want you to know that because it's <clears throat> it doesn't it's not a selling point. And I mean statistically thinking about it, if you think about the big inner cities where all these shootings are going on, who's shooting who? Minorities versus minorities. And that's a larger number of people being killed than police shoot ever shooting, you know? <clears throat> and what really really pisses me off about that <clears throat> is the media doesn't want to address that. 
So what that really means is that all these victims that of drive-by shootings or shootings in general by gang members, domestic violence, whatever, that don't make the news, what the media is really telling you is they are not media-worthy because it's, it's, they're not in a uniform, okay? And that really pisses me off. Not, not so much about people, oh, we hate the cops, we hate this, we hate that. You know what? You don't like the cops. Next time you got a problem, call a crackhead. You know, that, that's my thought on it. Call a hippie. I don't give a shit who you call. But you have young men, women being killed by other people. And the media doesn't believe they're newsworthy. But yet, these young people that die, even if they're not young, they have siblings, they have families, they have mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, girlfriends, boyfriends, fiancés, husbands, wives, that all suffer when something like this happens. But the media, they don't care. You know why? Because it's not something they can turn into an issue. You see... You know, everybody's systemic racism. You know what? You know why they use that word now, nowadays? is because it's a big word and they think it's, it makes something sound important. It's not. You know, racism has been around for a long time. And it's really unfortunate because people don't really understand where racism comes from. They believe it's the, the hatred of a color of a person's skin. To ignorant people, it probably is. You know, to, to these these white Aryan groups, these you know whatever groups they are. <clears throat> to them, that might be the ignorance that they that they work with. However, the reality of it is, racism is a fear, and you might say a fear of what? It's a fear of cultural differences. You know, think about it. Is it really the color of the skin that divides us? No. We're all built the same. We have eyes, nose, ears, we hear, we think, we smell, we see. We get old, we die. We bleed. We all have the same bodily organs. So the color of the skin has nothing really to do with our differences because we are we are more similar or identical excluding the color of our skin. So there's I mean yeah we talk different languages, we look different. Okay, I get that, but within that we're not really any different. We're the same people. Okay? Modified by you want to get scientific, we're modified by our point of origin and it's geographical and environmental conditions. Simple. That's what that's what we are. That's what we are. Okay? What creates racism and, and it's really sad because, you know, working in inner city for as long as I have, you know, you learn you learn real fast that 
like in my case, it's interesting to know about other people's background, lives, where they came from, because it, it, it brings you beyond your normal cultural being, I guess you want to say. See, racism starts as a fear of one's culture because it's unknown to people. Think about it. I mean, when you see somebody of a different race, religion, sex, color, whatever, it's not them themselves that scare you or make you offensive. It's uh, offensive probably, I, I didn't mean offensive as being offended, I mean it as being defensive, you know. Let me, let me clarify that. Um, it's because you don't understand their culture, their language, this and that. However, if you did understand it, you wouldn't have that fear. You see, culture, you know, racism is about fear. It's not about skin color. It's not about a lot of things. It's, it's, a, it's a fear of cultural differences that people do not understand. You know, and once you realize that, okay, I don't, my culture and your culture are maybe totally opposing. However, if I talk to you and can understand you and about your culture, it just makes me not only more informed, but it, it puts your personal being and character into a position I can understand, okay? So, you know, it, it's funny because, I mean, I, I never thought about it until all this crap, you know, and I should have because, I you know, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s, and for you younger kids that are listening, you know what, you have no issues nowadays. You really don't. You know, you think racism is so bad, you don't know what the hell it was like. You know, you think you're, you, you think that you're, uh, you don't have anything. Bullshit. None of us, even as adults, had cell phones. You have cell phones, computers, laptops. Mommy's letting you live in the house till you're 45 years old, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, drinking milk down in the basement. You know? Um, by no means are you uh, born without. Education, the same way. <clears throat> People are always claiming that, oh, well, you know, you get this type of education, get that. No. You know what? <clears throat> the education is made. The teachers are all out there. The schools are out there. Education, your educational basis is what you develop it to be. It's nobody else's responsibility for your education. When you're at school, <clears throat> you, you either stay in school and learn and try to do good, or you hang around with your stupid-ass friends that are only going to be nothing when they grow, grow, grow older. And just remember, especially younger people, you will only get as high in life as your lowest friend. See, that's that's one of the one of the things about life they don't tell you, younger people, is that... <clears throat> 
the higher you go in the ladder, your friends with no or acquaintances with no ambition will always attempt to drag you down to the bottom with them because they don't want to see you get any higher than where they are. <clears throat> and knowing that, when you really need to take a look at some of the people you hang around with and what, what they stand for and what they don't stand for. And at an early age, if you plan on being successful in anything, you need to reevaluate your position where you want to be, evaluate their position where you think they're going to be, and make a decision. Really do. Life is, you know, life. Life only goes forward. It, it doesn't go backwards. You know. Um, you know, there's no such thing or as a past or a future. There's only a now. You know, you can't relive the past, so the past doesn't exist. You don't know, or you can't live in the future, so that hasn't happened yet. There's only now. You always live in the now. There's never a past or or a, a future. You know, future things can change. It has for a lot of us. The past is nice, but you can never you can never uh, relive it. That's how it is. I mean, and sometimes those are the things that you need to think about. You know. Um, And it's sad because, you, you know, what really made me come to <clears throat> that type of ideology one day is I, you know, when I was a younger man, I went out and I was having a few drinks and I was sitting at a bar and um, I saw a kid that I had graduated with years ago. Um, at the end of the bar, and he was pretty pretty much way beyond what he should have been drinking. <clears throat> so I walked over to talk to him just to make sure he was okay, and uh, all he could do was talk about the past. You know, here's the problem. And I thought about it as I, as I walked away, is that, you know, you could drink as much as you want. You could snort as many lines as you want. But you know what? When you wake up in the morning, you're never going to be in the past. No matter how much you drink, no matter how much you snort, pop, inject, you're never going to get back to the past. It's just how it is. You know, so that's something in life, especially younger people need to need to take into consideration, you know. Um, life isn't bad, you know. And it was funny because I, I was once talking to a, a younger kid, and he is a good kid, but, you know, we could tell our, our, um, our ways of thinking about things were totally different. He said to me, he says, well, you were fortunate. You were part of the... Um, I forgot the exact word he said. 
but it was a, um, he inferred that, I guess because I was white, I was part of a certain group that growing up was given or had more advantages and, and this and that and all this stuff. Well, apparently what he hadn't realized was that I grew up in the 60s. My father left when I was three. My mother was a single parent trying to raise me. My grandmother raised me most of the time. Uh, I, you know, obviously went to elementary school and high school. Never went to college. Uh, so I wasn't the entitled class. I didn't have any, I was, there was no entitlement for me. I had nothing. <clears throat> so when he said that, I, I just thought about it. I didn't really say anything about it, but, you know, it was kind of weird, you know, being told that because if I was part of it, I wish somebody would damn hell let me know because, you know, my, I remember you know, my first job out of, out of school was lifting uh, wooden skids for eight hours a day, making $2.14 an hour, breaking my ass. You know, I think at the end of the week, my, my whole paycheck was $254. So I don't know, you know, what class he might have thought I was in, but I, I definitely wasn't part of that class. And the only reason now that I, I am where I am is because of my own stubbornness, my own dedication to not come from a street, and this is how insane it was, the street I was on, lived on for years as a young kid and as a, a teenager, if you look in the Guinness Book of World Records, it is, it is known for having the most bars per city block, you know, I remember, you know, being a young kid looking out my my parents' second floor window watching you know, little bars on both the street and, you know, 60 or 70 Hells Angels motorcycle being on the left side and 60 or 70 of the Huns being on the other. And then, you know, as things would have it, they'd occasionally fight, this, that, and the other thing. I mean, there were never guns involved, but, you know, so I, I don't know know what entitlement people thought I grew up under, but shit, sure, sure in hell wasn't the one, you know, wasn't in my life anyway, I mean, you know, so, there again, I think our problem, <clears throat> our problem with, as people is we, we believe these misperceptions about other people, you know, we, we believe perceptions that are put forward by media by the conspiracy theorists, by haters, online sources with incorrect information. And unfortunately, that's what that's what kind of makes us or puts us in a very messed up place. You know, it really does. I mean, um, it really puts us in a in a in a, in a place that we don't really need to be anymore, you know. Uh, I know this uh, this podcast has gone on for a while, but, you know, I just wanted you to see where I'm coming from, you know. 
Um, yeah, am I tough on a lot of things? I am. Am I tough on other cops? Yeah, I am. You know, because I have a uh, a moral compass that I that I live by. You know, and um, <clears throat> I'm not going to change it because of politics. I'm not going to change it because of groups screaming up and down the street holding signs and. You know, they did that in the, the 70s when I was young, you know, protesting this, that, and the other thing. You just got to remember one thing. You're never going to you're never gonna beat City Hall. City Hall will always find a way around you and squish you like a bug, unfortunately. And your opinions, like my opinion, you know, sometimes aren't spit in the wind. But on that note, I will see you on episode 44. I'm not sure what that will be. I'll try to bring some dead bodies in. Uh, I'll explain disappearances or homicides or strange things like uh, a lot of you people out there like to hear about, which is kind of scary. Which is kind of scary. Maybe we're a big scary, scary group of scary people. I don't know. Maybe we should part start our own society or something. I don't know. We're, you know, let's face it, we're all hanging out on the same podcast, right? I mean, Jesus, there's got to be something wrong with us. Okay, until episode uh, 44, I'm Michael C. Bouchard, the originator, host, creator of the Night Stalker podcast. And once again, like I tell you, it's got nothing to do with the Ramirez case out there. Uh, you know, he's better unknown than known. This has to do with the 1972 version of the Night Stalker, the vampire series with uh, Gary McGavin. It started in 1972. It was a TV series. And I can't tell you any more than that. But I will see you when I see you, or I will talk to you when I talk to you. Feel free to leave a comment. Uh, send me, yeah, send me whatever the hell you want to send to my my personal email, which I do eventually get around to. It takes a couple of days. <clears throat> it's uh, Forever Night CT1 at Comcast.net or F O R E V E R N I G H T C T1 at comcast.net uh, I know some people try to send stuff through the anchor radio system unfortunately because of my age and my <clears throat> technological inabilities uh, I haven't figured out how to uh, pull up messages or respond to them although I'm trying it's not working but I'm trying So, and just remember if you're in a dark parking lot a dark street dark room, a dark stairway, a dark anywhere, first realize to yourself and think about it, why the hell am I there? And why the hell are you there? Why are you creeping around in deep, dark places where your ass shouldn't be? And if you hear footsteps behind you, you better wonder what the intent of that person is. When in doubt, run and run like hell. Till the next episode.